All right. Amen, church. Hey, we are continuing through our series of the book of Revelation called The Way of the Lamb. Revelation is an apocalyptic literature. It's pretty much a, a writing that is meant to, one, show us the world behind the world. Right? It is meant to show us that in the midst of what we see physically going on, there is a spiritual world in the background that is also manipulating and guiding and speaking into this physical realm that which we live in. Right? And the book of Revelation reminds us and shows the church, hey, look, as you're dealing with life's issues, as you're dealing with the voices of the kingdoms around you, as you're dealing with the voices of culture around you, you must also understand that there's a spiritual force that is guiding those voices, that are watching over those voices, that are manipulating the voices to speak against you. Right? And the book of Revelation helps us as believers to uh, see a world behind the world. Help us to understand that the forces that are around us are more than just physical, but they're also spiritual. And therefore, our response to them as believers must be more than just a physical response, but we must be also engaging it in a spiritual way. Right? It, can, it must be physical and spiritual as we're engaging with the issues and the problems that we see today. And we've gone through about three churches up to this point, and there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. But today we're going to go into the church of Thyatira, Thyatira. And it's from Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 to 29. Okay, chapter 2, verses 18 to 29. Let me just read uh, these passages for us real fast before we get into the message. But let me, let, let, let's, uh, let's take a look at it. Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 to 29. All right, listen now to the word of God. To the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misled, misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds." Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold her, to her teaching and have not, led, have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. All right. So the church of Thyatira, the church of Thyatira, they are known for their business guilds. Business guilds are kind of like kind of unions almost today, but there's like guilds for cloth making, there's guilds for metalworking, there's guilds for uh, trade, there's certain guilds, and each of these guilds are run by a whole group of companies. So if you have a profession, you belong to this guild, right? And in, in the church 
in this area, they were very attractive, as, as, as uh, Jesus was saying. I know your deeds, your love, your faith, your service, your perseverance, verse 19, right? And that you are now doing more than you did before. He was saying, you guys are very attractive in your place. You, 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 are, you, are, you are showing people exactly who you are. You are making my name known through your love, through your generosity, through your acts of, 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 of um, kindness, right? Your ability to have peace through suffering. It is very attractive and you have really done this well. You're doing even better now than you did before. But the issue with the church of Thyatira was this. They were being moved by a person in this church Jesus calls her Jezebel we'll explain what that means a little bit but not just Jezebel but there is a spirit who is also speaking through Jezebel into this church and you know he calls it Satan right but the spirit is speaking to Jezebel to this church and the spirit belongs to this kingdom of what I will call the kingdom of tolerance right and today what we're going to be talking about is this idea of tolerance especially when it comes to the church of Thyatira. We're going to learn three things. We're going to learn first the problem of their tolerance and our tolerance. We're going to learn the consequences of tolerance. And thirdly, the solution to tolerance. Okay? The problem of our tolerance, the consequences of our tolerance, and the solution to our tolerance. All right? So as we're going through these, this, 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 uh, this letter, as we're going through all the letters, the thing that I want you guys to make sure you understand the most is this. There is a physical world where there's real physical issues that are happening, but there's also a spiritual world that is dictating, guiding, speaking into the life and the, the life of the believers to lead them astray, to move them away from worshiping the one true God and lead them, leading them down to worship other gods. You guys follow me, right? And today, the issue here is the spirit of tolerance that was invading the church of Thyatira. So let's talk about that. Let's look at verse uh, 20 to verse 21 again. So they were great. The, 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 the Thyatira, they had a lot of commendation. Their faith, their, their actions, what they were doing, they were very attractive to the community, to their cities, to their towns. People were looking at them, they're like, man, those guys are they're different. They're, they're, they're kind, they're generous. They, they persevere in the midst of suffering. They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty cool. But this is what Jesus says. But nevertheless... I have this against you. This is your problem, church. You tolerate. Everyone at home say tolerate. You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servant into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. Now, the problem of their tolerance was this. See, the issue of tolerance is, is, is not like, oh, should we, as Christians, should we not tolerate people? Of course we should tolerate people. Of course we should tolerate people who have different opinions than us. Of course we should tolerate people who have different beliefs than us. Of course we should tolerate people who are different from us in every possible way. We're meant to love our neighbors in every possible way. The issue of their tolerance, the problem of their tolerance was this. They were tolerating stuff that was infiltrating into their church they were, they were coming to a place where it was Jesus Christ 
and something else. They were tolerating these problems, especially for Jezebel and, and the church was, they were tolerating the issues of sexual immorality and they were tolerating uh, eating food sacrificed to idols, right? So they were, they were tolerating those two things, right? It, it, it was coming into the church and then the church, instead of saying, you know what, no, God has commanded and forbid these things. So we should really be wise and careful in how we are addressing them in the community. But instead of doing that, what they did was they tolerated those things. Everyone at home say tolerate, right? See, again, the word tolerance is not about, hey, should we not tolerate our our neighbors who are different in terms of religion, of course we should tolerate, we should love, we should come next to them. Should we tolerate people who are our enemies that don't have the same ideas as us? Of course we should, because they are people that are our neighbors. We should, we should come alongside them and love them. The problem of the church and the spirit that was speaking through Jezebel in this time was a spirit that says, hey, I want you to tolerate the things that God has forbidden and commanded against when it comes to your community. When those things are being practiced in your community, I want you to tolerate that. And God is speaking up against that, right? God is speaking up against this problem. So let me, let me break down some information for you guys. First, right, Jesus says, you're tolerating this woman, Jezebel, who is teaching God's people to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Now, why did he use the name Jezebel? Now, Jezebel is like one of those names you don't name your daughters if you're a Christian, right? If you're, if you're a Christian, you don't name your son Judas, you don't name your daughters Jezebel, because it comes with a lot of history with those names. Jezebel was a queen to the northern kingdom back in Israel's past, King Ahab, right? And what Jezebel did was she brought her faith of the Baal God, Right? She brought her faith along with 450 prophets and priests into God's people, God's kingdom, God's, God's country uh, with God's people. And Ahab, right, instead of excluding that and saying, hey, no, no, we only worship the one true God, he tolerated his wife and her religion and her priests that ultimately end up destroying and screwing up God's people, God's children for countless generations, right? And so what Jesus was doing was, was when he was saying to this, about this figure, I'm, I'm pretty sure her, her, she wasn't, her name was actually wasn't Jezebel, but he used the word Jezebel to kind of elicit a, a reminder. This is like the old story. This was like our history. Remember that. This was like your history. Remember that. What this lady is doing now in your church, Thyatira, was what Jezebel was doing to your country back in the days. Right? He was pointing her name. So, but what was she doing? What was she doing that was so bad? What did she do? To understand what was happening, you have to understand the, the, the context of Thyatira. Okay? Thyatira were known for their, like I said, their guilds. And um, the, so it, it generally worked like this. You would inherit a business from your father. Right? So if your father was a blacksmith, you were a blacksmith. If he's a banker, you're a banker. Um, 
the people worked in various trades and they worked in various guilds. They would work together, right? So here's your, again, blacksmith's guild, here's your banker's guild, here's your, your cloth making uh, guild, here's your dye guild, right? Your, your dye making color guilds, right? And you would join that to be part of that community, that, that, that family. The government back then they didn't have social service, welfare, safety, food stamps, or any of that stuff. So when you're hungry, there's no unemployment checks. Right? It's not like America. There's no, there's no disability checks. There's no retirement here. So what you do in these guilds is you pay your dues to these guilds, and when you are older, they take care of you. Right? They, they, they take care of you in time of need. They take care of your family. They, uh, the, the guilds is where you have your weddings. Right? They, they come together for your weddings. They come together for your funeral. Right? It's like a whole community of people in those days together. Okay? Now what these guilds also did, right, was uh, they would come together and they would have, you know, uh, each guild would have their own specific god that they would worship and give tribute to. They would have their own specific uh, deity that they would offer themselves unto. So this is like the deity of the blacksmith guild. Or this is the deity of the, uh, the, 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 the food guild or the deity of the people who create dyes for cloth guilds, right? There are certain deities that they, they, they fall under, okay? And they would get together and they would have god goddesses that was represented and worshipped by them, right? And they, would, and they would also do what? They would sacrifice these food to these gods and they would eat that, right? They would make sacrifice to these idols and they eat the food, the animals that they were sacrificed. Are right, you guys getting me? Okay. What did Jezebel do? Okay, I'm getting there, okay? The problem of tolerance. So here is these guilds. It's very known in Thyatira. You belong to this group, you pay your dues to these groups, you worship the gods from these groups, and you basically live and die with these groups, right? Now here's the problem. Now you became a Christian. You're in the guild. And all of a sudden the guild leaders are saying, hey, pay your dues. And you're like, uh, I want to, but I don't like where my money is going, namely to use it to uh, give sacrifice or give tribute to whatever gods they're worshiping. Or the guild leaders say, hey, sh you, you got to show up to the feast and worship our, our, our God this week, right? And you say, well, I worship Jesus and I can't really do that, right? Or they'll say, hey, come eat the food sacrificed to idols. I, and you said, uh, I can't really do that because when I eat this food sacrificed to idols, it's not just the food, it's because we're eating it as a way of worshiping the idols. I can't do that, right? Oh, you know, and they say, like, and after we're done eating, right, let's swap wives and let's just, you know, have a big old orgy. And like, uh, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian and I'll share with you a lot of things, but I can't share with you my marriage bed, okay? I can't give my money to a cause. This is you as a believer, th th them as Christians in this town, this, I can't give my money to a cause I don't believe in. I can't worship a false god. I can't commit adultery, Okay. And as a Christian in Thyatira, what do you do? These guilds are pretty much like your life, you know? And they, they, your families are in this guild. Generations of your families are in these guilds, okay? People you've known all, your whole life, your friends are in these guilds. And if you're a Christian, all of a sudden, you're, telling, you're thinking, if I don't join with them, if I'm going to represent my faith fully, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my income, I'm going to lose my health benefits, I'm going to lose my retirement, my family's going to turn their back on me, my friends are going to reject me, 
I'm going to be destitute. I'm going to be poor. I'm going to be cast out. I'm going to be canceled. Right? So they had a really big conundrum. They had a very big issue. They had a very bad dilemma that they were going through, these Christians in Thyatira. And I think it's very similar to us, but I'll get there in a little bit. Right? The problem of their tolerance was they, they were having this really big moral dilemma. Right? And they said, what do I do? I belong to this group, and if I, if, I, if I stand up for my faith and I stand up for Jesus, I'm going to find myself isolating from them, and they're going to like, really reject me. And then comes along who? Jezebel. Jezebel comes along and says, you can have both. You don't need to pick and choose between faithfulness to Jesus and comfort and convenience. You can have comfort, convenience, and Jesus. And a lot of people said, is that true? Yeah, I'll sign up for that. I can have Jesus and be okay, be comfortable, be, be uh, in this community and you know, do the things like that. You know, and everything will be good. I can, I'll give my money to the guild and to the church. Woohoo! Right? I'll give my money to this and that. I'll, I'll go to church and, I, and I'll talk about sexual purity. But then you know, if the guild has one of them orgies, I'll just kind of like sort of participate, I guess, right? Nobody's perfect, you know, I might, I might commit adultery, but all right, you know, it's part of the whole community thing. Who's the judge of me, you know? You guys get me? And that was their problem. See, Jesus was saying, nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate the teaching of this woman who has done something, who, who has basically told you to go against what I have commanded and what I have forbidden in your life. And I forbid and command these things not because I, I'm trying to restrict you and make, make you feel like you don't belong. I command it and I'm forbidding these things so that you can flourish if you would trust me. Right? But they were having a moral dilemma. They were having a huge moral dilemma. And that is the problem of their tolerance. And because of this moral dilemma, they chose the easy way. What did they choose? They choose to listen to Jezebel who says, have Jesus and this. Have Jesus and this. What does that look like for us today? Our problem or our tolerance. Right? The problem of our tolerance. The, the spirit of the age is speaking into our institutions right now. If you're a student, if you're a college student, if you're a high school, if you're just a student in general, okay, recognize that if you raise your hand and you stand for Jesus on campus, you may, for a fact, get canceled. See, the problem sometimes that happens is this. The worst thing you can do as a student is begin to tolerate the information or the spirit of the age and the culture of the age speaking into you. And then you begin to embrace it in such a way where you're not saying, oh, I believe in Jesus. Definitely go to church, do my Christian thing, and I do this. Right? A great example of this is like, for example, if you've been indoctrinated with this idea of dismantling, certain systems because they're broken or because things are wrong with them. Okay, right? True. But when it comes to certain systems and institutions that God considers sacred like the family, and you begin to want to dismantle the nuclear family because of your need to break down the patriarchy, what are you doing? You've given into the voice of tolerance. You're tolerating now, that in the house of God, yes, you believe in Jesus Christ and what he stands for, but at the same time, 
you are breaking down one of the main institutions that he sets up from the beginning, family. If you are a person who's working, if you're a young adult and you're working nowadays, right? And you, and you begin to conduct business and your manager and people around you are saying, hey, this is how we conduct business. Sometimes we got to lie. Sometimes we got to cheat. Sometimes we got to fudge the numbers. Sometimes we got to say things that we shouldn't say, right, to the customers just because it'll get us the sale, it'll get us our bill, it'll get us our money, right? And so here it is, as a believer, you both want what? You, you, you say, I believe in Jesus Christ, but I'm also going to tolerate this character behavior of lying, of cheating, of manipulating people to get my own financial gain because I want to be able to pay the bills. I want to be able to pay my mortgage. I want to be able to have a health uh, insurance. I want to be able to live in a home. You have this problem that comes up, right? And if, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, there may be a moment when the situation where this is how you conduct business, it may come straight face into a problem with this is how my identity is as a Christian. And you're going to have to have to wrestle with that. See, the problem of tolerance is that you begin to tolerate that. And Jesus says, this is my issue against you. You've tolerated the voice that somehow speaks into you that says you can have both this and this. You can have me and these other things. And the answer is no, you cannot. Or if you are a businessman, if you are a, 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 a boss and you, and you own a business, right? There may be a time that if you're a believer, you may actually have to cut costs and lose things in the sake of staying faithful to Jesus. I'll give you a story that I heard. Like there's a, there's a, there's a study that goes out that, you know, car dealership, right? Um, Car dealership, and I'm not being sexist, but this is the study. This says that most of the times men are better at negotiating a car deal than women are, okay? So it's better to sell to a woman because it, you can get a higher price for the car, even though you, if, if, if a brother can, not, not all men. I'm not saying all men. I'm not saying all women, okay? I'm saying in, in general and average, okay? So if you sell to a woman, you can, probably get, you can probably get more out of it than if you did selling it to a man. But they found out also that specifically the system was rigged in such a way or set up in such a way that if you were a black woman, you would have the short end of the stick. And dealers can actually manipulate and take more from that community than is necessary. That's a problem. That is a problem, right? And there was this, there was this, this, this story about this, this, this Christian car dealer owner car dealership owner, he, he recognized this system. He recognized this problem. And so what does he do? He recognized that this, this is a, he is a follower of Jesus Christ, but he also recognized the bottom line, his profits and all of that stuff, right? And in return, what he ended up doing was he decided in following Jesus Christ, I will not tolerate the idea of using my business as a way of hurting and destroying someone's life or making it more difficult for them. And so he, he switched his business up in such a way where he, 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 he got losses. He, he didn't make as much as he could, right, so that he can really balance out the trade for everybody else. So that way they can fair, fairly get 
an automobile at a great price, right? At a fair price, even though that will cut into his profits. You see what I'm saying, guys? The problem of this church, the problem of this church was that as believers, they were saying, Christ, I believe in this, and I'm going to tolerate this, right? Just so that I can get the benefits and the convenience of this, right? If you're out there, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship, and one of the things is about sexual morality is that in our church, sometimes we, I think we've gotten, I, I'm pretty sure I, I do my best to really bring this home, but I think we've gotten to the idea that we, we believe that if we're in a relationship, that it's okay to tolerate the idea of sex before marriage. It's okay because I'm married with her in my heart, PT, or I'm married with him in my heart, and we're eventually going to get married anyway, so it's okay, right? You know what? If you do get married, praise the Lord. I'm all in for that, right? But the issue is not about what is going to happen, what might happen, what might not happen. The issue is what? Is Jesus Christ truly my center? Or am I developing the habit of Christ and I'm tolerating something else? And the worst thing that we can do is say, tell people, yeah, it's okay, don't worry about it. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be married with them anyway, so go have fun. That's the worst thing that we can do. And I'm not saying this to kind of condemn or, or, or damn or anything like that, but I'm saying this as a reminder for you to gut check your heart. That as a believer, are we, are we following Jesus Christ and we're tolerating other things? As a church, man, we, I have dug us into so many things that we've tolerated that I'm trying to dig us back out of it, you know? I have repented. I, I spend nights thinking about these things sometimes, right? And there's things that we need to repent about and change. And thank God we have good leadership, you know, that I'm not the one calling all the shots or else, man, we'd be screwed, you know? We got good godly leaders who helped with the call, helps with rechecking and, 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 and uh, um, uh, helps with the, the balance and check of this community. And I'm so thankful for them, right? The problem of our tolerance is not, it's not about tolerating people that's different from us or loving people or the different ideas. The problem that this church was facing, sometimes the problem that you face as a Christian is, you tell me that Christ is your center, but you also tolerate the things that he is against and that he forbids, that he commands, right? And that is the issue. Jesus is distinct. He is unique and he stands with nobody. He stands with nobody. He moved heaven and earth to have you, to have you, and he will share you with no one. And so we need to understand this problem of tolerance. Right? And some of us, we think like, oh man, it's hard though, PT. Like, I'm in a bad situation. You don't understand. If I don't do this type of business, I'm going to lose my business. If I don't do this type of work, I'm going to lose it. If I don't go along with my professors, they're going to fail me. If I don't, if I don't like, give in to my boyfriend or my, my girlfriend, they're going to leave me. I'm in a really bad situation. I'm in a hard place. Maybe if I just give it enough time, Things will change and things will get better and everything will work out. Look what he says in verse 21. He says this, I have given her time to repent. Jesus said, I've given time. And usually the problem with, with, with that statement is I'm going to just take more time. You know what the problem is? Is that you never actually change. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. 
because the moment you step into this place of tolerance, what ends up happening over time is that you begin to get so used to it that you don't even change and you're unwilling to change, right? Sometimes your family may not love you for the, for the fact that you love Jesus. You have to understand your boss may not love the fact that you love Jesus. You may understand that you may lose a lot of money for the fact that you love Jesus. Your professor may fail you for the fact that you love Jesus. Your relationship may go in a very bad situation for the fact that you tell them you love Jesus. The culture we live in, the city you live in, it may not be excited that you're excited about Jesus. You need to accept that. You need to own that and you need to live that. And that's what Jesus is saying. We live in a time where we have all of these voices speaking to us, recognize that in the, in behind all these voices, there's a spiritual wor wor uh, world that is vying for your soul, that is trying to render you useless in the kingdom of God, making you go away from God's plan for you and giving you this impression of spirituality because you say what? I believe in Jesus, I'm good, but I also tolerate this. And Jesus says, nuh-uh, if you believe in me, that is it. That is it. We worship a guy who got crucified, right? And those who loved and served him must faithfully understand that truth as well. So that's the problem of our tolerance. We begin to tolerate things that is infiltrated into the church, and we begin to live side by side with those teachings as if it's okay. And Jesus says, This is my problem against you, Thyatira. Second thing, what is the consequences of tolerance? What are the consequences of tolerance? Look at verse 22 to 23. This is what he says. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering. I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. There, seems to, there still seems to be a way out. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches heart and minds and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. In the church, you have to recognize the consequences of tolerance. It's, it's a slippery slope. Right? We have people in the community that were faithful to Jesus. We have people in the community that were tolerating the, the, the dichotomy of the teaching that's going on. One side, it's, it's Jesus. We listen, we, we follow after him, we, we, we make him center. And there's another side of a group of people that were saying, Jezebel's like, oh, no, no, it's cool. Follow Jesus. And it's okay to do this. Be a part of it. It's all right. Who's, gonna, who's to judge us, right? We're supposed to be loving to our people around us. We're supposed to be loving. God is love, right? And we're thinking, like, it's not an issue. God can just, he's not really seeing this. But you know what he said? This is how you know. In verse 18, the description that God gives, that Jesus gives to this church is so telling. This is what he says. This is the description he uses. Verse 18. These are the words of the Son of God. You know why he said that phrase? It's because I am the only one. There is no other God you should be worshiping. No other God that you should be following. I am the true Son of God. Okay? Whose eyes are like blazing fire. You know what that description means? That means that I see everything. I see what you do all the time. I see what you hide from other people's eyes. I see what you kind of sweep under the rug, hoping no one will see. I see what you do behind closed doors. 
I see what you do amidst your non-Christian non friends and your co-workers, in your business. I see the life that you live. I see the character that you, I see everything. All right? And what Jesus is saying, the consequences of tolerance is that tolerance leads to death. If you give your life into these ideas, all that they will do eventually is lead to your downfall. Right? Jesus is saying, I am the true, I am the Son of God. I'm the only one truly worthy of worship. He's telling his people, if you go down that road, you will ultimately be led to death. When you do not show the conviction to say what needs to be said, or do what needs to be done, when you simply tolerate over and over and over, and it becomes a habit, and there is no repentance in that, there is no change in that, there is no willing to turn around and say, you know what, that was back in the days, I did something. I, I recognized my fault in back in those days. And so I'm not going to perpetuate that for my brothers and sisters. So even though I have screwed up, I'm going to teach, remind, guide, and remind people that I've repented of that. And I'm going to tell them, hey, guys, don't go down that same road. It is not a good road to go down. When you just simply, but if you continue to tolerate, continue to say, it's all right, it's fine, we're good. The road is slippery, and it leads to death. Death for not just your physical life, but your spirituality. What you'll see eventually over time is that as a Christian and tolerating these things, you're going to find yourself putting on the title of Christian, but being just as ruthless in your business as every other person. You're going to find yourself putting on the title of Christian, and being just as dogmatic about your ideology, screaming and yelling about it as anyone else. You begin to put on the title of Christian and you're going to find yourself in a place where you are just as blind to the systems that are broken around you so that you can simply make a profit or advance your agenda. You find yourself actually moving further and further away from Christ. You guys follow me? It's the road to death. And those who are her children, he says, these are the ones who basically said, yeah, this is it. This, I'm going to give my life to this. I'm going to give my life to what Jezebel is saying because that makes sense. That's more convenient. That's easier for me to swallow. Jesus is saying that will lead to death. Eventually. So what's the solution, PT? All right, I get it. There's a problem, right? We're tolerating things within the church, within the community of believers that, is, that God has forbidden, that God has commanded against. We're, we're walking and living side by side those things. Okay, I get it. All right, I get it. The consequences of those things, if I keep going, it's not that it's going to go away or it's going to change over time. It's that I will actually harden my heart towards those things. That I will actually come to a place where I'll be like Jezebel, unwilling, because they're so convenient, they're so nice, they're so easy, they're so comfortable for me and finding myself further and further and further away from Jesus Christ. Losing your faith. You didn't lose your faith. It's because you didn't have the faith in the beginning. Your faith wasn't in Jesus. It was in something else. 
Jesus was just this adornment that you put on. So what is the solution? Verse 22 to 23, or the rest of it. 24. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. I will also give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Okay? The thing we need to understand in verse 22, I didn't read that part for you guys, but it says, you need to repent. I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. So if you're practicing this, if you're kind of like dabbling, oh yeah, I like that, and, and you're going to suffer because of it. You're going to suffer heartaches because of it. You're going to suffer issues within the community and family because of it. And when you suffer, it's not because God hates you. In this situation, it's not because He, he despises you or He's mad at you or He's going to bring those things because he want, He's doing these things to wake you up so that you would repent. The solution to tolerance, the first thing is this recognition of repentance. So when something goes wrong in your life, do not just jump to the conclusion, God hates me, He's far from me, I don't, He doesn't like me anymore. You should come to the conclusion of this. If He didn't like you, He wouldn't even bother with you to make you feel this much pain. See, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. He'll just let you go your own way. And if you find yourself living in tolerance and nothing's happening to you, maybe that is a sign that He's just let you go in your own way. But maybe, church, if you're living in tolerance and there is such a situation that keeps coming up that's causing you trouble after trouble, maybe it is God saying, yo, wake up. I love you. I want you to repent. I'm bringing this calamity against you because I want you to see what it's doing to your heart. So repent. What's the solution to tolerance? Repent. But verse 26, 27, it says what? Hold fast. Hold fast. Be obedient. He is giving them this picture of, of, of um, the parable of that when you're the parable of the minus, when you are when you are faithful to what I've given to you, you will rule the nations with me. Right? And so what, what Jesus is saying is, I want you to remain obedient. This is what I've given to you. Use it, prosper it, flourish with it. Be faithful to me until the end. And you will see, you will see the victory. Stand firm with me to the end, and you will see the victory. He's calling us into obedience. What is the solution of tolerance, guys? How do we, how do we fight against this? How do, how, do, how do believers walk faithfully in the midst of this? One, you got to repent. Two, right? You got to be obedient and hold fast. And three, you got to recognize the power. Right? You got to recognize the power. Verse 29, it says this, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Right? 
The story of Elijah connects with the story of Jezebel. Okay? But the story of Elijah is like this. Elijah challenged the gods of Baal, the gods of Jezebel. Elijah, the prophet of God, goes and he challenges these 450 priests and prophets of Baal. He basically says, Jezebel, bring it on. Right? And the challenge was, let's call down fire. Let's call down fire and see what happens. See which God answers you. When the Baal gods, when the Baal priests asked their God to bring fire, it didn't come. When Elijah prayed for his people and asked God to show up, you know what should have happened? God should have showed up in that pillar of fire and not just take, the, take over the, 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 the burnt offerings. He should have burnt the people in general for their wickedness and their sin. But instead of doing that, what did God do? He burnt the offering. He burnt the offering. Instead of punishing the people, God took the offering instead. Do you know why? You know what that means? Judgment should have been on us, but instead it was on the Lamb. So that you and I can have life. So that you and I can see the morning star. So that you and I can understand the beauty of who Jesus is. See the bronze feet that Jesus describes in earlier in chapter, uh, verse 18? It says this, I am the immovable, unshakable one. And faith in me is built on sure foundation. What is the solution to our issue of tolerance in the community and the body of God? You got to repent. You got to steadfastly hold on, hold fast to obedience. And you got to recognize the power that comes from Jesus Christ. It should have been on us, but it was on Him. And if we look to Him, He tells us that He is the unshakable, immovable foundation. I am the one with the bronze feet, He says. Faith in me will not, will not. You will not lose. And so church, that's the word today, right? I hope that you will look into it, listen to it, and see it. There's issues of tolerance that we and ourselves have. Right? There's consequences for these tolerance. And ultimately, the solution for them is found in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you so much, Father, for what you have reminded us and taught us in this time in regards to it. I pray that, Father, over my brothers and sisters who are listening, that, Lord, that we will not be a people of tolerance towards the things within the community that leads us away from you. I pray, Lord, yes, we will love our neighbors. We will come alongside them. We will be with people who are different from us. We will tolerate the, the situation that goes on in our country, our, 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 our dynamics. But, Lord, we will not tolerate having allegiance with you and something else. That we will stand fully and wholly upon you. And though there are voices in our hearts that tells us, go ahead, follow these things, it's okay. Help us, O oh Lord, our God, to stand fast and hold fast to you until the end. We thank you so much, Lord. We praise you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.